You're about to listen to Kelly Martin Speaks. I'm your host, Kelly, and the author of When Everyone Shines But You, a mental health and self-acceptance blogger and a recovering darkness addict. I have experienced intense anxiety, deep depression and life trauma, but I'm coming out of the other side now. Darkness was a comfort zone for me for a long time, and it felt safer than the light. So in this podcast, I share with you my journey into the light and how I move through challenge in an empowering way. I'll share with you tools and nurturing ways to embrace your humanity. I was once a shy, scared introvert, afraid to speak, but that's all changing. Let's take this journey together and learn to fly. Hi there, welcome back to Kelly Martin Speaks. I'm your host, Kelly Martin, and this is episode 58. Today I'm going to talk about how we really can't save the world, but more specifically focused on our relationships with others. It can be very easy to get into a relationship with a man or a woman, and perhaps we've got a bit of a healer or a saviour complex in our personality and we think that we can help others and because of that we tend to draw into our lives people who maybe perceive themselves as victims or people who have really really major major mental health issues that cause them to be quite hurtful and toxic to those who love them. Now I've had this experience in the past where I dated a narcissist now, those of you not familiar with narcissism, I'll just give you a little bit of a, a lowdown on it from a site called Psychology Today Online. Now, a psychological a psych, excuse me, a psychologist called Stephen Johnson, he said that a narcissist is someone who has buried his true self-expression in response to early injuries and replaced it with a highly developed compensatory false self. Hmm, And I know this very well because I saw this in my ex-partner. Now the alternate persona that they tend to give out is very grandoise, that they are above others, they're very self-absorbed and highly conceited. And perhaps because the way our society is, we're kind of breeding narcissism through social media. You just got to look at Instagram, Snapchat. It's a lot of people with low self-esteem who are amplifying their sense of value in the world to a grand, grand scale, to the point where they belittle or, or criticize and do a lot of negative, toxic things to those in relationship with them. Now, it's not just relationships that are romantic. It could be your mother, your father, could be your child, could be just simply a friend, or it could be someone you work with or a boss. Now, according to Psychology Today, how do you know when you're dealing with a narcissist? And I'm just going to go through the 10 signs that you're in a relationship with a narcissist and you can find out more from this site at psychologytoday.com. Now, I had this experience. Number one is a conversation hoarder. 
This means that the narcissist loves to talk about him or herself and doesn't give you a chance to take part in a two-way conversation. You struggle to have your views and feelings heard. When you do get a word in, if it's not in agreement with the narcissist, your comments are likely to be corrected, dismissed or ignored. For example, my father's favourite responses to my views were, but, actually, and there's more to do more to it than this. He always has to feel he knows better. And I had this experience with my ex. Uh, he was a really big arguer. He liked to discuss things that were going on in the world, but he tried to provoke me to do the opposite answer that he wanted. He wanted to have a fight with me and it was ongoing. Whenever I talked about anything that I believed in, he would try and make it that I was talking a lot of rubbish. I didn't know what I was talking about and he needed to be talking all of the time. There was times where I tried to just reply to what he said and he would start again. There was just was no space for me to have a voice in that relationship. And this goes on to the second second uh, sign that you're in a relationship with a narcissist and that is a conversation interrupter. While many people have the poor communication habit of interrupting others, the narcissist interrupts and quickly switches the focus back to her, herself or himself. He shows little genuine interest in you. And if you've had experience with a narcissist, you've probably seen this, heard this, and you've just got sort of the point where you've just given up speaking sometimes and it can be really, really exhausting. Number three is rule breaker. The narcissist enjoys getting away with violating rules and social norms, such as cutting in line, chronic under tipping, some will over tip to show off, stealing office supplies, breaking multiple appointments or disobeying, dis disobeying laws. Number four is a boundary violator. A narcissist shows a wanton disregard for other people's thoughts, feelings, possessions and physical space. They overstep and use others without consideration or sensitivity. They borrow items or money without returning. They break promises and obligations repeatedly. They show little remorse and blame the victim for one's own lack of respect. Now you will, if you look in your life and you think you've got a narcissist, they may do so many different things to cross, overstep the boundaries. They could maybe log into your Facebook and post on your behalf. They may steal your money. They may do anything that literally violates your privacy and your right to have your own things. They may not give you space when you need it and you've asked for space. It's so simple and it's such a, a red light when it comes to narcissist relationships. Now, number five is false image projection. Many narcissists like to do things to impress others by making themselves look good externally. This trophy complex can exhibit itself physically, romantically, sexually, socially, religiously, financially, materially, professionally, academically or culturally. In these situations, the narcissist uses people, objects, status and or accomplishments to represent the self. 
substituting for the perceived inadequate real self. These grandstanding merit badges are often exaggerated. The underlying message of this type of display is, I'm better than you, or look at how special I am. Look at how beautiful I am. I'm worthy of everyone's love, admiration and acceptance. And there's a quote on this site from somebody who obviously um, is a narcissist. I dyed my hair blonde and enlarged my breasts to get men's attention and to make other women's jealous. Or my accomplishments are everything. And number six is entitlement. Narcissists often expect preferential treatment from others. They expect others to cater often instantly to their needs without being considerate in return. In their mindset, the world revolves around them. Number seven, now this was a big thing for me. They are charmers. Narcissists can be very charismatic and persuasive. When they're interested in you for their own gratification, they make you feel very special and wanted. However, once they lose interest in you, most likely after they've gotten what they want or became bored, they may drop you without a second thought. A narcissist can be very engaging and sociable, as long as you're fulfilling what she or he desires and giving him or her all of your attention. I was charmed by my narcissist ex and the problem with what happened with me was I'd been single for about 10 years and I was in that place of, I wasn't looking for a relationship, but obviously on some level I was and I was having, I had this longing or this yearning to be touched, this connection with a, a man that sort of cared for me and the narcissist that I dated, he obviously saw this in me, this vulnerability in some way and he homed in on that and he charmed the pants off me and I'd say a bit literally and <laughs> and he really did this for quite some time, for over a week before we got together properly and I was totally sucked in. And because of this, I began making excuses to myself when he was beginning to show really narcissistic traits. It was easy to do because I was holding on to this ideal of what I thought I wanted in a relationship. But he was clearly not it. Unfortunately, I was able to get out of that after three months. And I think if I'd continued in that relationship or if I'd began that relationship, say, 10 years ago, I probably would have destroyed my self-esteem and it would not be where I am now. Let's just say that. Number eight is a grandoise personality. Narcissists think, think of themselves as a hero or a heroine a prince or a princess, or a one-of-a-kind special person. Some narcissists have an exaggerated sense of self-importance, believing that others cannot live or survive without his or her magnificent contributions. And number nine is negative emotions. Many narcissists enjoy spreading and arousing negative emotions to gain attention, feel powerful and keep you insecure and off balance. 
they are easily upset at any real or perceived slights or inattentiveness. They may throw a tantrum if you disagree with their views or fail to meet their expectations. They are extremely sensitive to criticism and typically respond with heated arguments or cold detachment. On the other hand, narcissists are often quite quick to judge, criticise, ridicule and blame you. Some narcissists are emotionally abusive. By making you feel inferior, they boost their fragile ego and feel better about themselves. And the last one is number 10. Manipulation, where they use others as an extension of self. Making decisions for others to suit one's own needs. The narcissist may use his or her romantic partner, child, friend or colleague to meet unreasonable, self-serving needs. Fulfil unrealised dreams or cover up self-perceived inadequacies and flaws. A narcissist can really manipulate through guilt. For example, they may proclaim that they've given you so much and you're so ungrateful. Or, I'm a victim, you must help me or you're not a good person. They will hijack your emotions and beguile you to make unreasonable sacrifices. Now, if you're in a relationship with a difficult narcissist, you may need some help to get out of the relationship. If you're not able to get out of the relationship for one reason or another, you may still need help from a therapist or a psychologist that can help you boost your self-esteem outside of that relationship so that they don't wear you down. Now, I started this podcast talking about how we cannot save the world and it's not our job. So with narcissists, you may think that you can rescue them. You may think that you can save them from themselves or you may think you can heal them and oh, things are just going to improve. But generally it doesn't happen. The only way it ever happens if the narcissist by some way, shape or form wakes up to their own narcissism. But if they don't, then you have no chance of being able to rescue them. And it's not your job either. That's not what relationships are about. And I knew that as soon as I had to go for a serious operation in my life and the narcissist said that it was nothing to do with him. I knew that I was on a sort of losing streak here and this guy was never going to be the guy for me. He was never going to support me during times of crisis. He was not going to be there for me when I really needed him. And relationships are not just about the joy and the pleasure side of life, they're about the tough times and are they going to be there? If not, then why be with them? And this goes on to gaslighting. Gaslighters are often narcissists as well. It's not, it tends to be they come together as one. Now, gaslighting is quite a dangerous experience to have. I've had some gaslighting in my life with my ex, but also with spiritual teachers and other people. Gaslighting is, it's perhaps a, a very manipulative way of being. 
It's where an individual will try and gain power and control. And they do this by planting seeds of uncertainty into their partner or if it's at work that your boss might do it with you as an employee to the point where you doubt yourself and what they do this in a way that can in the beginning especially it just wears you down it seems so small and insignificant that you think nothing's happening and that's when you're really kind of stuck in a gaslighting relationship the term gaslighting came from a movie called Gaslight and this movie tells a story of a husband who systematically brainwashes his wife to the point that she legitimately thinks that she's going insane and the wife fights to protect her identity while her husband viciously tries to take it away. Now we have many sort of politicians that are major gaslighters, I won't name them, I'm sure you know who they are. But the problem with gaslighters is they're very good at homing in on maybe groups of people, a culture, individuals. They could be cult leaders, as I said, politicians. They could be this charming narcissist man like a woman that came and told them told you how much they loved you or liked you and maybe you hadn't had that for a while and you felt wow this person's really paying me attention and love and they are the one and maybe they're not and maybe you'll find out the hard way like many of us now the one thing about gaslighting is it's hard to recognize because in addition to the gaslighter lying about things they are often as i just said incredibly charming you may not even notice what they're doing at first and you may think that you're imagining things and feel a bit guilty for thinking these things about your partner or whoever it is and this is because the abuser which is a gaslighter is an abuser they use tactics to prove that your concerns are wrong and they convince you to ignore your gut feelings and intuition Gaslighters can manipulate you to the point where they make you feel like your friends, your family are not good for you and they, what they do is they try and separate you from the tribe of people that can give you the most love and support during this time. Because when you're on your own, you're much easier to manipulate. When you're with others, you are not. Now, examples of gaslighting, and I'll give this from this site called thrivetalk.com. The reason I'm using websites is because these people have thoroughly researched them and I don't want to give out the wrong impression of what a gaslighter is. Now, number one is they lie and they don't just lie, they blatantly lie. And you know that they're lying. And the problem is that they lie with such ease. The gaslighter is basically setting up a very abusive pattern with you to the point where you begin to question everything and become uncertain of the simplest matters. This self-doubt is exactly what the gaslighter wants from you. And number two is they deny. They deny and they deny. Now you know what you said 
However, they completely deny ever seeing it. The gaslighter may push you, push the point, ask you to prove it, knowing that you only have your memory of the conversation that you had with them, and they will deny that it happened. And it starts to make you question your own memory, your own instincts, and you wonder, is, is that gaslighter right? Maybe they didn't say that. Maybe you didn't remember it right. And more often, you question your reality and you accept theirs instead. They also use what you love against you. If you love your job, they will find issues with it. If you have children, the gaslighter may force you to believe you should never have had them. The abusive manipulation tactic causes the victim to question the foundation of themselves as well as what they hold close. The most difficult part of being gaslighted is the slow death of yourself. One of the terrifying parts of gaslighting is the methodical timeline that the abuser uses. The manipulation happens gradually and over time. The victim morphs into someone entirely different. The most confident human being can become a shell of a person without being aware of it in the process. The victim's individual reality diminishes and becomes that of the abuser. It's like what I was saying before, they can wear you down very, very slowly in very, very small ways that make you think that they're not having an effect on you until it's too late. They also tend to talk a lot, much like the narcissist. However, their words mean nothing. So it's important to look at what they are doing the issues lie in their abusive actions towards the victim. What happened with my narcissist ex and gaslighting was that they use love and flattery. What they do is they tear you down and then build you back up, only to tear you down again. What I found was what they do is they give you breadcrumbs, just a little bit to make you feel like this relationship is worth continuing on but you kind of forget and you don't look at the bigger picture of all of the abuse and all of the hurt and all of the harm and all of the cruelty and all all that they've done to you you don't look at that you just look at these tiny breadcrumbs that they've scattered towards themselves and whether you realize it or not you are becoming used to being torn down so while they may praise you and make you think that they're not all that bad, it also has a really deep manipulative tactic there. They need to pull you back in. If they feel you're moving away, they need to find a way to pull you back in. Now, gaslighters also like to confuse you. They like to make you constantly confused. Now, as a person, you will crave stability. It's natural. But the gaslighter knows this. So what the abuser does is constantly confuse you to the point where you become desperate for clarity. And because of that, you, ser you search for clarity in your abuser. And this just continues on this cycle of toxicity in your relationship. They're also very good at projecting now, apart from the gaslighter being a liar and a cheater, 
they can now accuse you of being a liar and a cheater. You will feel your need to defend yourself for things you haven't even done. They also, this is one big thing I definitely got, um, I had this all over and over again in my relationship, well, they, they will tell you that you're crazy. They already know that you're questioning yourself, so, and you're searching for clarity in them, and they will tell you that you're crazy. And they also may tell other people that you're crazy. So if you were ever wanting help, they wouldn't believe you. As I said, they're very good at separating you from those that care and love and generally want only your your life to be safe. And the last thing, and you will definitely know this, is that they will let you know that everyone else is a liar. They'll tell you that everyone else is against you and that they are all liars. Because this again forces you to sense of your sense of reality to become blurred. People who gaslight want their victims to turn to only them so that they can continue the abuse. So I hope this has helped you understand narcissists and gaslighters. There's a number of other different abusive relationships and you might see this in your relationship also. There's a sociopath who exhibits complete lack of shame or remorse for their actions. There's a psychopath who are people suffering from a chronic mental disorder that causes abnormal and violent social behaviour. And I'm really sorry if you're actually in one of these relationships and I really hope that you can become aware because awareness is key in everything. Once you know what's happening, then you can do something about it. You can make the changes. And to recognise that you can't save everyone. You can't save the world. It's not your job. Some people have major issues that can only be helped by mental health professionals. And again, that will only happen if that person is ready. They could be a narcissist, a gaslighter, a sociopath. They could have major addiction to drugs, to gambling, to shopping, to sex, whatever it is. They could have so many things going on that you are not qualified to deal with and in a relationship it's not your job to be the therapist my my narcissist ex actually did that he thought he was my therapist and he thought he could coach me into a better way of being as a human being and I knew it was wrong and I was so glad that I was awake I was awake at the time otherwise I would not have seen what was happening now, if this is happening to you, I ask that you just go to your friends and family and talk to them. Get guidance from a therapist or a mental health professional. And try and shift your perspective and know that you are not a victim, you're a survivor. And I guess this podcast has become more about gaslighting, narcissism and toxic relationships now. So I may retitle this podcast after I've been talking but I just felt so strongly about this. I really wanted to talk about it. I talked about gaslighting in one of my videos on my um, other Facebook page. 
but I never actually have spoken about it on my podcast or my blog. And I sometimes think when you're driving your car or it's easier to listen on a podcast than it is to read a blog post. And I'm I'm just really concerned for a friend right now. And you may be concerned for a friend and wondering what you can do about it. So if you have a friend in this situation and you feel really powerless to help them, just keep being kind and perhaps pass this podcast on to them and uh, be there for them when it falls apart, which inevitably will fall apart. Sometimes people who are in toxic relationships need to reach rock bottom before they make the major, difficult, courageous decisions to leave their partner or their wife or their job. Uh, It's not an easy decision and they need as much support around as possible. It can be very easy to just feel really frustrated with them because so many people may be telling them that they're in a relationship that's really harmful and damaging to them. And you may feel like they're a bit blinded to the situation. But keep going. Don't give up on them. They wouldn't give up on you. And if the situation was reversed, they'd probably be there for you no matter what. So hang in there and just let them know that you love them, you care about them, and you're you're sorry that they're in this really difficult situation right now but that you are there for them when they are ready to walk away and you will give them as much love, support, encouragement, guidance, direction as you possibly can. So that's all I'm going to say on this podcast. It's turned out to be quite a long one and I hope it's been informative to anyone that's experiencing gaslighting and narcissism. And... I recommend those websites that I mentioned before if you want to know further about different types of issues like this. Now, thrivetalk.com has counsellors online and online therapy. And this is where I got the information on gaslighting this time. And Psychology Today is very good too. And they also can help you find counselling in your local area. So... Thanks everyone and if you're following on Podbean I'd really love some feedback. You can make a comment at the bottom and I'm always open to donations like buying me a coffee (laughs) and if you're following on iTunes I'd really love a review on iTunes because it really helps my podcast be seen. So until next time, I'm going to go off into the garden as it's a very, very hot day in the UK. And I think a very small office is not really good for being in right now. So I'll speak to you soon. Bye, everyone. You've been listening to my podcast, Kelly Martin Speaks. I'd really appreciate your feedback. If you're listening on iTunes, please give me a review. It helps me be seen and heard by those that need it. You can also follow me on kellymartinspeaks.co.uk where you can read my blogs, find out about my book series and subscribe to my monthly newsletter. I'm also 
all over social media. So search for me via Kelly Martin Speaks on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. I'll speak to you next week. Bye.